You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Traditionally, uh, people celebrate Christmas through Advent. Uh, I researched a little bit and looked back when it started, and really no one knows exactly, at least what I read, The meaning of Advent is the coming or the arrival. Speaking about the birth of Christ. It is a four week period, four Sundays before Christmas. We have the Advent wreath back on this coffee table. And there's four candles. Each one symbolizes something different. The first candle represents as I light it, hope. And then each week we'll go to the next candle. So this morning, uh, it symbolizes hope. And it is a candle that's called the uh, prophet's candle. The prophet Isaiah of old prophesied. He made a prediction. If you'll stand with me this morning for the reading of the word of God. Isaiah waited For over 700 years, he spoke this 700 years before Christ was born. His hope was in the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. So the title of the message this morning is Expecting the Gift of Christmas. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and then I'll have Pastor Caton bless the reading of the word. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Pastor Aaron, would you bless the reading of the word of God? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful, Lord God. We're thankful to be in your house, Lord God. We're thankful to be in your presence. We're thankful to fill your spirit, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Lord, we love you. We praise you, Lord God. We exalt you, Lord God. There is no other God but you. And Lord, we are... We're here for hope, Lord God. The word is hope, Lord God. Your Mm -hmm. living word is the hope that we live on, Lord God, and live by. And Lord, I pray your blessing upon pastor that the word that you put inside him, the word that he studied, Lord God, the word that he sends forth today Mm -hmm. would stir up hope, Lord God, inside of our hearts, Lord God, inside of our spirit, man, Lord God, that we would be the hope, Lord God, to the darkness that's around us, Lord God, that we would be the light that you called us to be. Father, we ask your blessing and your anointing to flow in this place, Lord God, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Do not lose sight of the fact that Isaiah prophesied this over 700 years before Christ. Wow, what a prophecy. What a a prediction. God's gift uh, here was a sign of hope. And I pray today that through the spirit of God, that there be a deposit of hope made in your soul. Um, A virgin would bear a son named Emmanuel. And that means God with us. And it overwhelms me every time that I read that. And I read that word, Emmanuel, and I know the meaning, God with us. It blows my mind. I said earlier, uh, in our services, we've not had a lot of attendance, but something better than a full house is the presence of God, Emmanuel, with us today. So a virgin would bear a son named Emmanuel. This prediction, 
Revelation uh, or this prophecy was fulfilled uh, uh, in Jesus Christ when Jesus was born. And you can begin reading about it in Matthew. Uh, but in Matthew 1 and 22, uh, now all this was done. Now listen that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord uh, by the prophet. He's speaking about Isaiah. Now we're in the New Testament, and, and, the, and Matthew is writing to us that all this was done to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah had spoken 700 years behold, before. He said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God is with us. Waiting the arrival of hope over 700 years. Here is another prediction or another prophecy by Isaiah in chapter nine, verse six. Again, 700 years before uh, Christ was born. He says, for unto us, Somebody say us. A child is born. Unto us a sign is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What child? It said a child is given unto us. What child is this? All around us in the next four weeks, we're gonna experience several different things. One is Christmas trees. And I just love going after Christmas trees. My family every year, my wife's family, every year it's tradition. We don't pull one out of a box that already has the lights on it. We go after a tree. And every year it's an experience, trust me. So this year we drove as a family, 20 some of us, in five or six different vehicles to French Creek, all the way up around the game farm. I Googled it this morning. 47 miles one way. We all got there and we all had hope of finding the right Christmas tree. But none of us found the right tree. So my loving sister-in-law said, I know where there's a great big Christmas tree farm. And I said, where's that? And I thought it was right down the road. She said, it's in Petersburg, West Virginia. You do the math, it's 125 miles from French Creek to Petersburg. So as a family, we drove to Petersburg and we got over on 33 where you go left to Canaan Valley or right to Seneca to get to Petersburg. I've always went right. My brother-in-law, which I've been leading, uh, following him, that's the problem, I've been following him on these journeys for 22 years. He went to the left toward Canaan Valley. I was like, no, 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 this, this is not right. So I called and he said, no, he said, my GPS said, way and so eventually we got there but when we were about 10 miles before the tree farm and I didn't know we were that close my wife looked over at me and she said you look like you're about to explode <laughs> and can I tell you something I love my wife and instantly honestly I, I believe the spirit of the Lord said I had a choice to make I could just be miserable all day and that's the choice I wanted to make or I could say, Lord, 
let's just have a good day here today. So all around us in the next few weeks, Christmas trees, we carried it in the house. We went to set it up. It's 12 feet tall. My ceiling is 11 feet tall. Someone look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he needs to move on right now. I'm trying to put it in the past. <laughs> Don't start that. <gasps> oh, in the next few weeks, we're going to see nativity scenes. Christmas lights. I looked over at my neighbors last night. I told my wife, I said, look across the street. It, it looked beautiful. We're going to have cards that we share with one another. And we're going to exchange gifts. And why do we exchange gifts? Because our hope, Jesus, was the best gift giver and still is of all time. Can somebody say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know yet what I'm going to get to pastor, but it's going to be great. So listen to me. Gifts are given, but we've been, we have been, we're on the receiving side of the greatest gift that has ever been given. And because of Jesus, I've got hope in every area of my life. That prophecy said unto us, unto us, who is this child? Who is our hope? He is the embodiment of God's grace, amazing grace. And I thank God, Nancy, for the grace of God that is upon my life. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I need the grace of God. I want you to notice the phrase that is repeated twice in this text, unto us. The same idea is repeated in the New Testament, referring to the birth of Jesus. In Matthew 1 and 21, and he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people unto us. That's where our hope is. In Luke 2 and 11, for unto you, us, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I've been saved by the Savior, Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved except it's by Jesus Christ. Who is this child? Isaiah tells us this child will have a name. And then he goes on to list many names. He says his name will be wonderful, means extraordinary, nothing common about Jesus. Wonderful, that's my hope. Extraordinary, walks on the water, raises the dead, heals the blind, cleanses the leper, stops the issue of blood. Touch your marriage, touch your finances, touch your health, put your mind back together, bring your memory back. He's God, he's wonderful, he's almighty. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Isaiah goes on to say, his name is counselor. The word, the word means to give advice, to give counsel, to devise a plan. Can I tell you, when I looked like my head was about to explode yesterday, it was the spirit of the living God that gave me counsel. I'm either gonna be an idiot and make him mad at me and sleep on the couch when I get home. Counsel. Now I'm being serious. She should have never had to look at me and say that. 
The Bible says we ought to, as men, treat our wives like Christ treated the church. We ought to lay down our lives for our spouses. That didn't go over real well, did it? But it's the truth. You want to have a great, I, I desire to have a great relationship, a marriage, and we do. And with both of us, when we offend one another, when we say something, and I'm usually the one that has to say it, I'm sorry. We don't let it fester. The Holy Spirit will guide you, counselor. Listen to me, it refers to the Lord's role as the leader and guiding force of our lives. I can continue in my own role and in my own leadership and it will bring nothing good to me or my family. What keeps us from walking in unity? What keeps us from having what God wants? Most times it's pride in our lives. We don't wanna come and say, I've said the wrong thing, I'm sorry. Let me tell you, we can sit in this building till the cows come home, but until we cultivate the Holy Spirit that lives within us and say, hey, guide me, direct me, convict me. Listen to what the Word said. In Psalms 37 and 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and then he delighteth in his ways. Is your steps being guided by the Lord? Friend, you got hope in every relationship that you're in, in Jesus. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do. I'm gonna share over the next few moments two or three actual situations that happened. This week, one of the ladies called from this church. I didn't mention her name earlier, but I will. I don't believe it would offend. Her name's Kim DeVault. There's not a sweeter individual on the planet Earth. And her mother, Gloria Twyman, is on her deathbed awaiting her home going. And Kim called me, and when I answered the phone, she began to weep. She said, Pastor, I need godly counsel. And I can't explain it any other way than the Spirit of the Lord God began to speak out of my mouth. And when it was over, she said, Pastor, I needed to hear that. When we hung up, I sat there and I began to worship and I began to weep because it wasn't my words, uh, it was God. There is nothing that God Almighty that is wonderful that can't change your situation. If you'll say, Holy Spirit, here I am and I need to hear from you, God will speak to you and change your situation. There is nothing impossible with God. He can hear your finances, he can guide your marriage, he can bring your children back together, he can set you free from sin, cause he's wonderful, he's Emmanuel, God with us. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. He's called wonderful, he's called counselor, and this stirs me every time I read it, he's called mighty God. Woo, he's not a dead God. He's not a half-strength God. He's mighty God. The word here means hero. It refers to one that is strong, one that is mighty, one that is invincible. That's the God every demon in hell can't make him back up. Every demon in hell can't make God shut up because he's God Almighty and he's Almighty God and he ought to be your hero. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. How mighty, how mighty is our God. Woo, he's defeated all of our enemies. 
He's defeated death. A young lady called me last night from our church, a young mother of three. My wife and I sitting on a couch. She was crying. She said, Pastor, not even sick, not even ill, battling anxiety. She said, I fear dying. I fear death. And you're probably watching my live stream this morning. You don't have to fear death when you're connected to mighty God. 1 Corinthians 15 and 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Satan seemed to be victorious in the Garden of Eden. He seemed to be victorious at the cross of Jesus. But God turned Satan's apparent victory into defeat when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's no longer in the tomb. The Bible said on the third day, he arose. He's seated at the right-hand side of the Father, interceding on my behalf and your behalf. And his spirit, the living God, is roaming to and fro, up and down every aisle, touching every heart today. He's God Almighty, absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. You'll not fear death when you're connected to the King of life, and his name is Jesus, and that is where your hope is. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Death is no longer a source of dread or fear. Mighty God, he overcame not only death, but the grave. First Corinthians 15 and 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He overcame hell. He's got the keys. Revelation 1 and 18, and the living one, he said, I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. Hope. Our sins have convicted and sentenced each one of us. But Jesus holds the keys of death and hell. And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Mighty God. Emmanuel. Prince of Peace, somebody say amen. Somebody give him a hand clap. He alone can free you from eternal, eternal life in hell. Only Jesus. Believers, you don't gotta fear death. You don't have to fear death or the grave because Christ holds the keys to both. All we must do is turn from our sin and turn to God in faith. Listen to me. The Bible said he's everlasting father, everlasting. You're not gonna die if you're connected to Jesus. If you're connected to Jesus, you'll live as long as he lives and he's everlasting. That's good stuff. Everlasting, he's the great I am. If your life is tied to him, you'll live as long as he lives. And then Isaiah said he's the prince of peace. Peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. There's nothing like the peace of God do you hear me, children of God? Nothing like the peace of God. You will have tribulation. You will have storm after storm after storm in your life, but the peace of God will pass all understanding. John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's just coming to my mind just because you're sitting in church, just because you say that you are a Christian does not mean you have the peace of God. You have got to cultivate that. You've got to learn. You can't come every week and say, well, I'm just going to take this and then I'm going to go and I'm going to come back next week. You've got to work at it. You've got to have a desire. You've got to have a desire. Listen to me this morning. Our hope, the Old Testament prophesied of the arrival and it was fulfilled. 
because of that prediction, because of that prophecy of his first coming was fulfilled, we can have hope in his second coming. He's coming again. Listen to what he has promised in his word. He could come today. He could come this very hour. Don't, don't think that it's not gonna happen. 700 years they waited and it happened. Listen to me. John 14 and three said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Gloria Twyman, Kim's mom, is at the gates of heaven ready to step in. She's just ready to leave this world. That is one way that he comes after us. But there is another way, and that's when he comes back again after the whole church, and this is our hope, and it's in his word. We've got hope in his arrival. Revelation 1 and 7, behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they saw also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. We're on our way to Petersburg. We're on a four-lane highway, and you can look, it's a brand new highway, and you can look at the mountains and the valleys that run forever, and my wife looked at me and she said, do you ever think about when the Bible says that when the Lord comes that everybody will see him? And she said, I know he's omnipresent, but just think about that. The Bible says, behold, he cometh with the clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. And then Revelation 22 and 12, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. What rewards do you have? What's your hope today? It's pretty clear about his coming from the word of God. We wait in great hope. So while we wait, what should we think about? Listen, what will help us increase our hope? First of all is he loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Listen to Jeremiah 31 and three. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God reaches toward his people with kindness, motivated by deep and everlasting love. We've all been hurt, and we've all hurt others. And just be honest, it's hard sometimes to forgive. And it's easier to forgive than it is to forget. But God, in his everlasting love, God is able to forgive and he's able to forget. God said, I'll cast your sins into a sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise if he has forgiven you of your sins. The second thing is that'll help you with your hope until his arrival is Deuteronomy 33 and 27. The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. We're in the arms, we're in the hands of God Almighty. And if God be for us, who in the world can be against us? Third thing to help you with your hope while you wait, God is our provision. 
All my hope is in knowing that the Lord will provide for me. In Philippians chapter four, verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Is there any wonder why Isaiah called him wonderful? Has he been wonderful to anyone? Would you stand, remain standing for just a few minutes and allow me to finish this message? If God simply has been wonderful to you, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. Has God been good? Has he lifted depression from you? Has he fed you? Has he healed you? Has he saved your soul? A child is born. That's what it says in the word. It brings to mind his humanity. He may have been born, but he wasn't any ordinary baby. Can someone say amen? He was flesh, but at the same time, Indy, he was God. John 1 and 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of the grace and truth. The Lord lives within us. How do you represent him? If it was just you and the Lord to sit down today and you would say, Lord, how does my light represent you? It is so easy, Chad, to fool people that come in your barber shop. Aaron, it's easy for you to fool the staff, for me. David, it's easy for you to fool your friends that are around you. But those that live with us every day, they know all about us. What good would it be to allow our light to shine out there and not shine within those that are closest to us? You and I are just like the people of the Old Testament waiting the arrival and he's coming. And I don't want him to be disappointed in my life. And I got a long way to go. He's still working on me. While we wait during this time of Advent, as we draw close to the birth of Christ, why don't we draw nigh to God? And why don't we ask God to take away the old things in our life and to replace them with something new? something fresh, something that would just, instead of God look over and saying, you look like your head's about to explode. He'd look over and say, that a boy. Huh? Let me read to you how it happens. In James chapter four, verse eight, draw nigh to God. You don't draw nigh to God just on Sunday morning and get nigh to God. It's a lifestyle. It's a relationship. When I got saved, my mouth got saved. I don't cuss. I don't. Don't cuss. I dropped something extremely heavy on my foot last summer and it swelled up instantly and was black like quick and my wife's laughing at me. I said, what are you laughing about? She said, well, one thing for sure, you don't cuss. <laughs> Draw nigh to God. My mouth got saved. 
My refrigerator got saved. My actions got saved. My desires got saved. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Then it says, cleanse, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. God knows our heart. So as we have this hope, and as we celebrate these next four weeks, why don't we cleanse our hands of sin in our life? Why don't we ask God to cleanse our heart, create a new heart, soften our heart, soften our heart that we would be able to hear the Spirit of the Lord when He speaks to you. Hey, jerk, quit acting like that. Why don't we do that? How can we have hope when everything around us looks hopeless? A friend of mine's in UHC right now. Very bad condition with COVID. Very bad. Checking with his wife numerous times this week and she has COVID, their son has COVID, their granddaughter has COVID. The other son has spots of cancer on the brain. The other son's daughter has to have very serious surgery on her eyes and she said, what is going on? And this is what I shared with her. Paul said in Romans chapter five, verse three through five, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Hard to do. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got the spirit of the living God. We shouldn't be ashamed and that love ought to come forth. And I shared with her, I said, first century Christians, suffering was the rule rather than the exception. And then I shared to her, I said, as I was writing, Paul tells us that in the future we will become like him, but until then we have to overcome. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be storms in our life, but friend, we got hope. Glory and tribulation, and I underline those three words, and it means to rejoice in suffering because God is using life's difficulties and God is using Satan's attacks to build our character. Now be honest with me. You pray way more, way more intense when you're in trouble. When you need something, a miracle of God, you'll find yourself praying. In times of suffering, you know it as well as I do, that's when we pray intense. And here's what David wrote in Psalms 23 and four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy staff and thy rod comfort me. Now listen, and I'm gonna close. For there to be a shadow, there has to be a light. I don't know what the shadow of the, or the valley of the shadow of death is in your life right now. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know the light and the light is Jesus. And there is nothing that you can't overcome, nothing that you can't overcome. 
No shadow can stop you as long as the light of Jesus is shining. You too will be all right. How many's got hope today? Put your hands together and bless the Lord. Anything worth having is worth working for. Even if you drive 275 miles to get it. What's going on in your life that you'd like to see become better? I can't name one Christmas gift I got last year. Not one. But I can tell you about a place and a time 38 years ago that I got the greatest gift of my life. Emmanuel, God with me, Jesus, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. I can take you to Enterprise. I can take you in that old chapel. I can take you down to the altar right behind the piano and the organ, right where I knelt down, where God changed my life. And from that day forward, I've had a hope and ain't no devil in hell can put it out. But I've had to cultivate it. You gotta work it. You gotta work it. Expect the Christmas gift. Draw nigh to God. Let him change your family. Let him change your relationship. Let him change your outlook. Let him change your eternal destination. Every head up and every eye open, every Christian, if you're here today and you need a deposit of hope into your spirit man, slip your hand toward heaven. Slip your hand toward heaven. Pastor Aaron, come. Come with me a second. Paul and Darlene Beverly, I want you to go back and pray for Darlene. Darlene, a few months back, fell some 25 feet landed on concrete. So by the grace of God, she's here today. But her memory is pretty much gone. Everyone stretch your hand that way because we got hope. We got hope. Pray for her, Pastor. Touch her, Lord. Touch her, Jesus. Touch her, Lord. Restore her mind. Bless you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Could you just for maybe 30 seconds, and that's a long time when it's quiet, think about how blessed you are. 30 seconds. Think about how blessed you are. Think about how good you have it. Think about some that you know that don't have it as well as you do. What is there that we need at Christmas under a tree? What is it that I need? Really, nothing. Be honest, nothing. What I need is my relationship enhanced with the Lord. Because when it enhances with the Lord, my relationships all the way around me go according to his will. The steps of a good man 
are ordered by the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.